Welcome, welcome back to the Simply King podcast. And you hear it. It's familiar. It's something that you love. Let's get it together. By 702. I want to thank everybody who's tuning in right now because, in all honesty, I love doing this. And this right here, this right here is some of the funnest, some of the most fun I have doing this. It's May. So I thought to myself, let me do something that I did last year, and that's bring in a series. Let's do a back to back series. Four parts, all music related, R&B focused. Last year I did Now That's Dirty Mackin. You can check it out, streaming everywhere still. Go catch up on that. But today, 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 it's nothing but the beginning of a series that I like to call We Cry Together. Four parts, deep analysis of Two songs per episode, all heartbreak tracks, all talking about sad shit, all talking about the things. Lock in with me. Stick here with me. This is Simply King, and this is We Cry Together, the musical breakdown series. Fuck with it. So I want to let y'all know. I am so, so glad that y'all are joining me right now, right now, right now, because in all honesty, this is the time where, you know, you really got to do fun things. It's light out. We already go through winter. We go through seasonal depression so much. We could talk about the news. We could talk about so many things. And to me, I love to bring levity in the summertime, especially because things always happen in the summer to try to make the summer to distract us from the good time, to distract us from the positivity. And um, gas is high. Formula is short. <laughs> you can't get much. It's a lot of weird shit happening right now. There's a weird war going on. So many different things. Juneteenth is coming up and they're making red velvet ice cream at Walmart. It's a lot of stuff happening. But instead of focusing in on all these other serious topics, I'd rather have fun. Let us dig in to some music. Okay? Shall we? Um, so the only... Criteria that I have for this first edition is honestly, I wanted to choose two classic songs that are definitely certified heartbreak tracks, but also from just two legendary, legendary artists. I wanted them to have not only just to be certified hits, but to be a, a timeless, timeless content wise. And um, I thought as I was sitting there and did the poll on like, OK, how are we why are we so enamored? by breakup songs. Like, what is it about breakup songs that has us all in this tailspin? Like, why do we love them so much? So I did a little research. And what I came across was, according to a, a whole article and study done by the University of Berlin called Language of Emotions, they basically discovered that the way that our brain works it is not there's still this day neuroscientists can't figure out exactly why music affects us the way it does. That's just in a general sense, not even just talking about sad songs. But when we're talking about sad songs, so many people have a tendency to when they are going through a breakup, 
when they're not feeling good about themselves, when they're depressed, to listen to music that basically matches their mood. Why is that? Doesn't that seem like something that'll make it worse? That'll make you get, <laughs> that'll make it send it over the top? Possibly. But due to this research, what I'm realizing is that these evoked sensations that we have from music, it's not like the music is making us sad. We are projecting onto the music. The music, we're giving the music even more meaning. Hence why the person who was inspired to write it wrote it in the first place. They knew it would be relatable. And more than anything, I think that the overall message to all these things is that we really, really are drawn to surrender to the truth. Surrender to the moment. You're sad. You're trying your best not to be sad. But the one thing that kind of makes you feel a little bit better is someone just speaking your life, speaking your moment, speaking the situation that you're in. So it could be something like 702's Get It Together. It could be something like Kendrick Lamar's We Cry Together. It could be something like the OJ's Cry Together. All these songs can have so many different and varying contexts into what the situation is, but ultimately, ultimately, they maybe match what your situation is, the breakup of it all. But I'm going to actually include the uh, whole entire study and article within the um, description of this episode for, you know, for my nerds, for folks who want, you know, who like stuff like this. It's actually called the um, the sadness paradox. And they kind of already did like a survey and a study all over Been plenty of write ups about it. They've included you know, studies on Adele's music and why Adele's music is so popular when literally majority of it is sad, so on and so on and so forth. Um, but let us get into the damn music. First song. The first song is a certified, certified platinum, platinum hit. We're talking about, we're talking about Usher's Burn. Released March of 2004, was the second single on the Confessions album, produced by Brian Michael Cox, and uh, as well as um, Jermaine Dupri. It's always been legend that the Confessions album was basically a, a, a mal- you know amalgamation of JD's life, possibly Michael Brian Michael Cox's love life, you know, and just the vocals were Usher. Burn was a, a hell of a classic. Still in the days of 106 and Park, it definitely carried the countdown for quite some time. It actually charted, um, it topped uh, the, the Billboard charts at number two and just went one single platinum, you know, some slight. But I think that overall, I had to ask myself, like, what is it that this song is really trying to tell us, Right. And so I'm like, OK, because we've heard it a million times. But how much have we really thought about the song? How much have we really thought about the message? What is Usher trying to tell us? What is J.D. trying to tell us through Usher? Let's get into it. All right. Let's start with the intro. You know it. Why? You know how it go. They brought back talking over the tracks. I know this is something I That's a do. very 90s thing to do. But don't mean People don't do that too often no more. What I'm trying to say is that I love you. I just, I feel like this is coming to an end. And it's better for me to 
let it go now And hold on to hurt you I gotta let it burn Now This whole Reason for the the phrase and burn I always wondered If you know Because I feel like that's not a term That I really have ever really heard people say I don't think this became lingo and language And things like that It felt like a symbolic gesture of Truly cutting ties, changing status, burning a bridge in my mind. That's how how I hear it now. And I didn't see it that way for a long time. And I guess you had to get to the point of, you know, adulthood. But this entire takeaway is really a breaking. It's a breaking up and a disgruntled and reluctant breaking up. It feels like there was something that was done by way of Usher's side of things. Sounds like she took him back. And it sounds like they both kind of weren't enjoying the the refraction period of trying to get back to each other, trying to get back to something, trying to get back good because they kept probably more than likely hurting each other's feelings. She was probably miserable, wasn't making him happy. He was probably, he probably did something. She forgave him, but really didn't forget and let him probably never let him forget. But let us continue to break down these lyrics. All right, verse one. It's gonna burn for me to say this. It's coming from my heart. It's been a long time coming, but we didn't pin fell apart. We really wanna work this out. I ain't gonna sing too much. I don't think you're gonna change it. I do, but you don't think it's best we go our separate So It's gonna burn for me to say this. It's coming from my heart. It's been a long time coming, but we didn't pin fell apart. Now, that's the part that I wanted to talk about. I feel like he spoke to this, the emotional disconnection right there. It's been a long time coming, but then we, you know, we, we both fell apart. It's for me to say this. Hold on, let me make sure I change this. It's for me to okay. say this. It's coming from my heart. It's been a long time coming, but we didn't pin fell apart. We really want to work this out. I don't think you're gonna change I do, but you don't think it's best we go our separate way. Now, to come to the conclusion when you are the person who possibly did the rift means that y'all really weren't getting along in this place, in this, in this redemption part of the relationship. You did what you did. She get, forgave you. She took you back. But now it's just not right. It's not good. It's not. And more than likely, what you did was probably already a, a symptom of something else. So you, it, it comes to the point to where you just got to ask yourself, is this something we should continue? Because we really are miserable. Baby, I ain't happy. It's so much stuff I got to do. It's so much. I got life. I'm Usher. You know, I get it. I get it. I think that you should. And here comes the chorus. I feel like overall, we got to really keep it a bean about what it is that can be, that is our breaking point. And I think for this situation, it feels so particular. It feels very much um, to be a person who did something wrong to somebody else and then also be the person who broke up with them says so much. And I think I've been in that position before. And I think it has a lot to do with you with self-preservation more than anything. I think that's kind of what I always got away from um, those moments where I feel like I've done that. It's like, I know I hurt your feelings and I'm the one who ready to leave. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, okay, 
well, and that that past self of me, I'm thinking, well, shit, I'm hurting your feelings and it's not getting better. Why don't I just go? Because it, it's not I'm we're not happy. Not just I'm not happy. We're not happy. And the the time that it's going to take for me to change, the time it's going to take for me to whatever, this isn't going to be pleasant for either one of us. So why should we force this? Um, which I've questioned. I've went back and forth with myself a million times about making that step to step away from those situations. But it is uh, the past is the past and everything happens for a reason. But I definitely, definitely understand anybody who makes a particular decision like that. And possibly I wouldn't say regrets it, but just go back and forth, has that feeling of remorse. And I think that really comes up even more towards the latter part of the song. But let's give the chorus some 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 air. You feel me? Gotta let it burn, goddamn. Gotta let it burn. Come on now. Come on now. Y'all know the song. Let me make sure I change all these. Let me make sure I change all these. And I, I think that the crazy part about it is that we really got to ask ourselves, what is it that is our breaking point for whatever the situation is? Because frustration is weird. Self-advocacy is something that I promote to my friends and to so many people that I feel like I'm that ask me for advice, especially when it comes to relationships, because I think that's the time where we self-advocate the least. We have a tendency to not stand up for ourselves as much as we should. And I think that in this scenario, that's the question that you got to ask yourself, like, how much are you going to keep putting yourself through this? How much are you going to continue to not be happy or look down on yourself or allow your insecurities to be the thing that leads you? You got to ask yourself. How long am I going to do this? She's not happy. I'm not happy because she's not happy. I did what I did and I can't take it away. I, we might just have to just cut ties because we can't even be cool. We can't even be good. We can't even get back to a good place um, by any means. It doesn't really feel like she's in the space too. I don't really feel like there's more I can do. What do we do? It is what it is. Um, verse two. I feel like this. When you get to the point to where you start to try to move on. And you still, you know, in that in that, you know how you still connected after you done broke up and y'all still communicate. Y'all still text. Y'all sending long text messages every two days. Just that weird, toxic part of the relationship post relationship which is still a relationship, obviously, because um, it ain't over really until it's over. You got to ask yourself sometimes. You got to just keep it a being with yourself, because that's a clear sign that you're not over the situation. If you literally calling somebody you're trying to get over the, the rebound and so many, you know, respectfully. The name of the person who you just broke up with. Come on now. Y'all heard that dated reference of pages, but go crazy. It is, oh, what? What I say? 
Now, I want to say something. The feeling that you feel when you know the person that you were with, the person that you loved, the person that you was committed to is gone emotionally, has checked out. It is nothing you can do. It is truly feels like there is not a stitch of anything that you can do to make them convert back to loving you the same way that they did. It is over. It has changed. They don't even look at you the same. They went from calling you poppy, daddy, baby, boo, ba, pumpkin, honey, to now you just Gerald. Now you just Charles. Now you just Rodney. Talk to you like they are HR managers. And no man, no person at all want to ever be talked to like they are talking to HR. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. How you going to get it back? Fifty eleven days. Now, that's what I love about black people, because we be making up words. That's all I want to say. So I really feel like we got to keep it a bean about what it is that we're going through. And when it comes to our heartbreaks, there's no real good way to break up. There's no real true other than just being honest, other than just being upfront, other than just letting it go, not being nasty, respecting each other. Still don't feel good, though. You could do all that. You could do you could have a just cause. You can be justified. You could be every you could tell this and tell to your therapist, tell it to your mama, get all the advice, get all the right words. And it's still going to feel like shit to you and the other person. Nine times out of 10, even the small ones, the small ones ain't ever really even that awkward because when they are because how many times y'all have had the opportunity to possibly go somebody or let somebody go and you thinking that's fucked up. Let me make sure I let them know how I feel. And lead it, lead him along. You know, let me show some growth. Let me show some maturity. Let me show that I've have been in therapy. Whatever it is, it is what it is. Um, then we have the bridge. Come on. Uh, let it rock. So, next we can get into the dance break, the burning trees. We know the video. The true duality that our hearts go through when we're going through heartbreaks really, really is a trip when you really give it time, when you really think about it, you know? And um, it's, a tra- it's a crazy situation to be in, to be torn in a situation where you know you need to do something for yourself to make you feel better, but you also really it's hard for you to see yourself and see them with somebody else the bond that we have and i'm gonna say this i'm gonna re- re- rewind this because the this the next this next song this next song is really about the bonds that we create when we are in love that irrational illogical effect of love of not being able to even picture or imagine ourselves being with somebody else it's a oof it's powerful but i think it serves a purpose that is truly for healthy situations, 
for you to be loyal to the healthiest of situations. But I think that's not something that we can pick and choose because we desire the healthy situation. So we allow for our minds and hearts and souls to get to that point, to get to that place. But, you know, to each his own. Let's move on to the next song. This next song is truly, 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 truly a classic, quintessential classic. From one of the one of probably one of the most uh, one of the most prolific debut albums to ever come out um, by the Miss Lauren Hill, the then just Lauren Hill. And that song is X Factor. Second single to drop from um, the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill album right after the doo-wop, That Thang, uh, produced and written by Lauryn Hill, which has been uh, argued if that's the truth or not. Uh, not sure if that's this song or just parts of the album, but do your Googles. Robert Glass with Lauryn Hill. Go watch it. Find your own opinions. But we're here to really talk about the music right now and this song itself. This song was about... Truly the frustration coming to a point of frustration with a person that you know you love, that you know you want to be with, but at the same time, they are not, y'all are not clicking. They are not doing right. They keep doing wrong. And this was about Wyclef. And I believe this was a, you know, a past tense. This song probably was written at a particular time where they weren't even, you know, where they were in a relationship, but the song came out, I believe, at a time where she wasn't even with him anymore. But I get it gonna write a song about a mother you're gonna write a song about a mother um what was something i did know within research of doing this song i don't think i i think i just never thought to look it up but um samples actually samples a wu-tang song can it be so can it be so simple um and let me give you a little bit of taste give you a little taste today you hear it right you hear it right yeah Survive, right? Started off on the island. Survive, right? But funny enough, they sampled Gladys Knight's The Way We Were. Let's get to that. Let's go there. Can it be that it was all so simple then? Fire, right? Or has time rewritten every line? Yeah, yeah. And if we had the chance to do it all again. Come on, Gladys. Tell me. Come on, Gladys. Would we? Could we? Could we? Come on now. Come on now. Auntie Gladys. So we talking about, and that's the beautiful part about parts about music. And I hope that, you know, one day we get to an even more progressive space when it comes to just sampling rights and using things. Cause I know that that, that could really expand how music goes, but it also implores how hip hop inspired Lauren Hill has always been. She's always been qualified as a rapper. So her utilizing Wu-Tang and also utilizing Gladys Knight really truly just responds to the to the to the, the idea of femininity as is in its place in hip hop and how it can be used because that just that just that as a as a whole is something to present it's a beautiful thing and even just the lyrics the lyrics feel like uh, um just the cadence and the and the rhythm of it feels like it's from somebody who really truly understands how to really flow 
So the song is so beautifully written and um, so specifically written with the words that are being said. It taught us all the word reciprocity that we did not know. We did not know what reciprocity was prior to 1998. <laughs> but um, the song was certified gold um, in the UK in the UK and hit number hit number 21 on Billboard's charts for all the folks who care about those types of things. My key takeaway from all of this, this whole whole entire track X Factor is um, it was frustration and the realization that you really have to advocate for yourself yet again and make the decision on if this should be something that you should stay in, because to be quite fair, you don't see any true actions or change in behavior. Um, and it's crazy that it's all about Wyclef. This is cra- that's the crazy part. That's the crazy part. But nevertheless, let's get into it because this is my motherfucking jam. Let's get right into the first verse. Come on now. Yo. Sing it with me, y'all, wherever you at. You're hearing this through your, your TV screens, through your headphones. You'd rather make it hard. Mm. Come on now. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Let me change all these. Cause I love this song. Mm. It could all be so simple. Come on. But you rather make it hard. Mm-hmm. Loving you is like a battle. How to start a track like this? It could all be so simple. And you rather make it hard. And loving you is like a battle. And we both end up with scars. How is that your first verse of a song? That's all I'm saying. It's just crazy to think about it. Like, just think about it. How can you say that? <laughs> this could be something that we don't even have to worry about. We could really just be having the lowest amount of emotional energy in this situation. But we can't do that. You can't do that, especially because you can't do that. I got to match your energy. Here we are. But let's get into this pre-chorus and notice this pre-chorus, the words in this pre-chorus, because it's going to be something I want to point out to you later. Yeah, let's get into that. Who do I have to be? Who do I have to be? She's already pleading to conform herself so that his behavior can change. Imagine that. How many times have we done that? How many times have you done that from a position of really not wanting this thing to end? Because that's really what it always is. People act out in certain ways or or the person who wants to not let go, they're going to always pull that card at some point in time. Because that's just where I think our emotions kind of go. It's kind of where one of our Hail Marys, one of our plays of like, look, what I need to do, what I need to change about me so that you can stay. 
what I need to start doing so that you can stay. But this is where the magic word comes in. Reciprocity. No one. And no one ever will. That is a key, key lyric I want everybody to take away from this whole entire song. Because how bold of a thing is that to say? That's how you know. You understand who was before you. You understand the love that you gave. And you can project what this thing can be like after the fact. Because they're going to be damaged. They they, they obviously aren't even good with, with you. So they're going to be affected by this. They're going to be affected by losing you. They're going to be affected by the presence, the non-presence of your presence. <laughs> so what are you going to do? What are you going to really do? Huh? What you going to do? Are you going to be okay? Probably not. That man ain't going to be okay. Wyclef probably wasn't okay. I bet whatever Wyclef's relationship was right after Lauren was probably not that good. It's probably short-lived, hella toxic, and it was probably his on him too. But it's crazy just how love can take us there. And so it's a trip. It's a trip. But let's get into verse two. Now, this is a triggering moment for me because I think, for me, I definitely have been in a situation, in a scenario where someone questioned all my actions, my entire presence, my entire my entire connection as if it was just some type of sick game or some type of ploy to stroke my ego or whatever it is. And I, and I understand why that could be the thing because it's like, why would you continuously come back and break my heart and come back and break my heart? And I think the only thing I can really hold myself accountable to is the the wavering sense of trying to find salvation in that person I was with. And that's something that's impossible. And um, I think it's definitely in the, in the top tier things of the toxic things I feel like I've done. And I think now I know in retrospect how I should handle those things. And, and if I have though, if I'm in those scenarios, if I'm so indecisive, that indecisiveness has no true real place in a relationship, especially if you want to say that you want to be a person who wants to create stability and security um, within the connections that you have with people. you got to get your shit together. It's kind of what I had to come into in so many ways. You yelling at her. You yelling at her like, hey, don't go. Imagine it. Um, you calling somebody calling out to you, trying to get your attention because they need your attention because they feel some type of way that you seeming like you want to leave, and then you still leave them. You need space now. Mm. A trip, a trip. So let's get into this pre-chorus. So then it comes the pre-chorus again, right? And then we have the actual chorus. Now, that right there is interesting. You hurt yourself to make me stay, which is such a crazy thing to think about because it can mean so many different things. But I feel like she kind of meant that in a literal situation. Like in my mind, it's like just the, just the, somebody literally saying, like, I'm going to hurt myself if you don't come back to me. It's such a 
crazy manipulative thing if that was how it was positioned. But it's a trip to to put it this way and put it in this real smooth, simple, sultry way, though. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. This is crazy. I feel like more than anything, Wyclef was really having Lauren all up and through the ringer, boy. He had her going crazy. And his ass was over here just, mm. And I mean, that's what you say sometimes. You get to that point to where it's like, this is, this really doesn't even make sense anymore. This really doesn't even make sense anymore. I'm really fighting for you. I'm fighting for you to, to not leave me. And you keep leaving me. You keep hurting my feelings. You keep doing all these things that don't make me feel any better. What am I fighting for? This shit crazy. It's crazy. This is insanity. Me believing that something new is going to happen. That's all she was speaking to. It's a trip. It's a trip. It's a trip. It's a trip. Verse three. I keep letting you back in. Mm. How can I explain myself? How can I explain myself? Because that's what you, that's what happens. Every time we go against ourselves, it's more it's before we let anybody else down, our friends, our family, anybody that looks to us to make better, to make the make the decisions for our lives. We are the ones to make decisions for our lives. We got to look at ourselves to be like, what makes you continuously do this to us? The you and the you and yourself, the you, yourself and I. Why you keep putting us through this? Why you keep letting this motherfucker back in here? It's affecting your body, affecting your spirit, affecting your 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 mind. It's you're not you're not well with this dude. Let him go. How can you explain this to, to yourself before you even explain it to anybody else? Mm. Deep, deep, Lauren, deep. What a way to like go from like self-reflection and, and considering letting yourself down. And then in the very next line, you say. I just can't be with no one else, Like even as much shit you don't put me through. I at this very moment in this presence, present sense, can't even see myself with anybody else. And I think that's something that's so interesting about the bonds that love really takes us to it. Love has this. I think love just has a mechanism to bond us to people to an absolute sense of loyalty that we cannot even qualify and quantify. And I think that is okay because I think when you are confidently with someone securely with someone in love and it's good, it's healthy. You're in like, you like them. You love their personality. They bring so much to the table and all this other bullshit, all the things that are make a, into a great relationship. They're great. They're leveled and balanced and working on themselves forever improving all these different things. Don't you want to be bound to a person like that? Don't you want that to be an aspect that comes with the feelings that you grow and build with the person? But I think that that mechanism isn't something that you can just switch off. I don't think that's something that we can really truly compartmentalize. I think we got certain things about our emotions we just can't just put over here. We got to We got to have something there. And we, we see it all the time. People see that with so many different things. We see that all the time. Now. I made a button for the pre-course because the second time the pre-course comes back around, there's new words. You might not have noticed that. 
but let's what you probably do you this is hell of a song what we gotta do you let go and i let go too you need to advocate for you because you're not good for me i'm not good for you this is not it Understand something. No one's hurt me more than you, and no one ever will. Before, I said the key lyric was see, no one loves you more than me, and no one ever will. No one's hurt me more than you, and no one ever will. And that's the beautiful part about what comes to the end of this song. Because it's, it's if anything, it feels like she's getting to a point out of the frustration and understanding she really does have to choose herself. And that's what makes it such a, a revolutionary-ass track. Because it's like, can we can we get back to a place where we were? I would like to. It would be nice to. But I'm looking at all the signs. I'm looking at all the facts and the figures. I'm, feeling, I'm, feel, I'm still feeling the pain. I'm still dealing with this in the present moment. I cannot do this. I cannot do this. So how about we both just go our separate ways? Because at this point, I know for a fact I would never allow for somebody to put me through this ever again. Not even you. It's a deep thing. Then you get into the breakdown. You get the chorus comes back and then you get into the breakdown. I think the breakdown is interesting because it's not only melodic and and such a, a, a beautiful rhythm that they, she does a few different times, but it's the specific things that she says. She's basically saying everything that should have happened. Now, Wong, care for me. Care for me. You said that. You said you'd be there for me. Said you would cry for me. Said you would die for me. Said you would live for me. Said you'd be there for me. It's a it's it's truly like a realization of like you did none of the things I expected. You met none of the requirements of this arrangement that we had in this relationship and that is a part of the problem that is the issue that is the the piece de la resistance this is the breakup song if you didn't realize it and i think that kudos to her for you know ultimately ending the relationship even though it sounds like it was hella very very much a hard decision to make for lauren hill and her real life but more than anything i think it's a, a beautiful testament of how we get to a point to where it, it has to be over. We got to let it go. We got to see it as something that we can live without and grow and heal from. And that's more than anything what every heartbreak song truly is the essential aspect of just ex examining that, yes, your heart can break, but it is not broken forever. It's not without repair. We have to believe that. We got to believe that. But this has been, let me bring in something I found like a cool little little track because I know everybody's seen this uh, title and thought Kendrick and whatever which shout out to that song shout out to that song it was what it was we did a thing 
And I called it We Cry Together in dedication to my moms, who's truly one of my first loves and taught me and introduced me to old school music first and foremost. Um, but more than anything, I want y'all to make sure y'all tapping in, make sure y'all tuning in, make sure y'all liking, rating, subscribing, sharing this with everybody you know, because I make family-sized content. Family-sized content. And you'd be mad as hell if you eat a whole bag of chips by your damn self. Share some of this. You like this, you enjoyed this. If you made it to the end, definitely make sure you share it to whoever you know. Be back next week with another edition of We Cry Together, the musical breakdown given to you and presented by the Simply King podcast. I've been Rodney Perry, the Soulfully Conscious podcast of for humans simply being humans. This has been We Cry Together, episode one, The Burning X Factor. I've been King. We out. Peace. <laughs>